The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it's going down this Saturday evening. Thank you all for tuning in once again as we are syndicated across the nation and many podcasts, platforms, as well as YouTube. I have Jairus Hodge in studio. Well, actually, our studio's in your location today. We're out in St. Pete, Florida at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Um, you guys have heard uh, Jairus Hodge on several times on my show. We've talked about his his testimony about growing up in a church as a pastor's kid with this church split. And then a show that we did most recently, we, uh, we had him on just talking about the process of him rekindling his relationship with God and God doing a work over five years. He was at a church split and there was older people there and he was praying for the youth and God was training them and developing them like a farmer planting the seeds, watching the crop grow slowly, very, very slowly, but then producing a crop and fruit. And the, the, the story is amazing. So please go to my YouTube channel or any of the podcast formats and find Jairus Hodge and you'll hear incredible stories. I love having you on the show, man. And today we got another show. I wrote some notes. So we're going to talk about today. We have four things. Anxiety, which is huge in this culture, which a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. I get anxiety sometimes. Peace. Everyone wants peace. Uh, self-care, which is a, a word that people use in the mainstream about making sure that you're, you're, you're good, that you're taking care yeah. of yourself, which is a good thing. Cause why do we have all this mental health problem? You right. know, because you're allowing stuff into your life. That's making you go crazy literally. And then there's obviously people need pills because their, their, their chemicals are their, their levels are off and that's, but that's a small percentage of the mental health that's actually happening in the world, which I believe is coming from, from the enemy Satan. And then we have health, and rest so these are all great topics i can't wait to dig into this because this is something you want to talk about and i'm very curious to hear all the awesome stuff that you want to jump into so let's let's start with um start with the first thing anxiety uh is big for me because it's the biggest struggle that i have now and anybody that has like not just like like you have other struggles for you say like sometimes i have anxiety but somebody that like really struggles with anxiety it's an everyday thing you wake up and it's a battle mm-hmm. and it's it's the classic ba- way to describe anxiety and for those that might struggle with it and think that you're alone is um i'll describe it for you perfectly and you'll yeah. be like yeah that's me it's it's I, I start getting worried or fearful about something there's mm-hmm. it's it's doubt or fear about something anything and then you get really tripped up about it you start thinking a bunch of thoughts Usually thoughts that kind of sound good on the outside, but there's some kind of lie on the inside and, and, it, and it messes with you. And that turns into kind of this tornado. And then you freak out that you're anxious about that thing. Mm-hmm. And then you get freaked out that you're anxious about being anxious about that thing. And then you get freaked out that you're anxious about being anxious about being anxious. And then, then suddenly you have 17 tornadoes inside of one hurricane. You can't even think straight. You just want to cry and scream and bang your head into a wall. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, is like a daily, daily struggle. Mm-hmm. It developed um, actually when I quit watching porn. Mm -hmm. My testimony from middle and high school addicted to porn for like six years, I came off. And um, I don't know how much I talked about that. I think a little bit in the first radio we did. Yeah, but you you didn't talk about getting anxiety after quitting porn. Right. So that it really got worse after that because, and I think I, I think I didn't really deal with it before because I always went to porn for that release. Yep. That was my addiction. That was my fill. Yep. 
so I did that for years and it just like ruined things. And, and that's, it's a, it's a whole nother subject matter. And you've had a lot of really good people that talked about that subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, the biggest struggle post porn was anxiety because when I came off of porn, I, the, for the first six months, I literally thought that I went psychologically insane. Like I, I thought that I was crazy and I, I couldn't, I couldn't describe what was going on in my head. And when I did, everybody looked at me like I was crazy. It was weird because I was so obsessed with not thinking about something wrong, not thinking about a sexual thought or a porn thought or going and watching. And I was so, and it was like, that I call it the pink elephant effect. I was like all day long, don't think about a pink elephant. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize I would go all day and all I'd think about was a pink elephant because right. I would tell myself, don't think about that. So I'm still thinking about the subject matter. Right. So okay, it ruined me yeah. with that lie. Yeah. yeah. And I did that for six months and God was the one that eventually taught me you literally, and this is with any addiction, mm-hmm. this is with any struggle in life, it's all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you have to literally mm-hmm. think about Jesus mm-hmm. and everything that is related mm-hmm. to Jesus. And that will begin the process that we can talk about for rest and health, health and self-help. I want to jump in here. Like that. That's interesting that you said that because I'm thinking about, you know, there's a lot of people that get uh, go to drug classes or alcohol classes and like people that aren't um, Christ-centered, they're not Christians, but they go to these classes. And it's funny, you talk to these people and they're just like, I've been sober for 300 days from alcohol. Like Everything has to be with being sober from the drug or from the alcohol. Right. And that's the whole thing is their God is being sober and their focus is on that. And they, and they but in their mind... They're obviously thinking about the the drugs. You're still thinking. You're still about thinking it. about that drugs, or you're still thinking about that porn, or you're still thinking about that alcohol, whatever that addiction was, is there in their head. I'm sober from cocaine. I'm sober from porn. Three. It's like. But that's these- the perfect lie because yeah. Yeah. it's the good thing, and that's the good thing. That's that. It's like yeah. the chocolate on the outside, but the poison on the inside is. But you're still thinking about it. You're still thinking about it. That's, That's what I'm the saying. lie. It's so funny because people tell me, hey, how long have you been sober? And I was just like, hold on, I had to like think about this. Because when right. I gave my life to Christ, I didn't I wasn't going, I've been sober from alcohol and drugs and porn for this amount of time. I just encountered Jesus. Yeah. So my thought was on Jesus. Exactly. Like you were saying. And it was more like my my mind consists of every day now, since I gave my life to Christ, is God, what do you want to do in my life now? Like, yeah. what's next? What are we doing tomorrow? Like, yeah. what do you have for me? One day not like, I'm not looking at my past. I'm not counting the days I'm sober. I'm not counting the porn day. I'm not counting. My mind's not on the, the drugs and alcohol. It's on what's God. What do you want? How do you want to speak to me today? Yeah. And the focus is Jesus. And therefore, the anxiety I don't have because I'm not focusing on the past. And a perfect example of that is if anybody's watched your testimony, your I am second um, testimony you mentioned in there that when your mind started to change you walked into a liquor store and saw a porn mag and looked away mm-hmm. and then you make the joke like I can't believe I, I can't believe I just looked away and yeah, that's that's, that's right. the surface of example of, yeah. of what is ha- was happening so I I didn't learn that right away and developed this kind of I don't know if I developed the anxiety but like I think just the uh, for me that was just that was just my struggle and it was elevated during that time because I didn't realize the pink elephant effect at first. And when I did, that began the learning process for how to fight properly against anxiety because I realized I have to start with Jesus literally as a subject matter and work my way down from there. Um, And then since then, it's just been a process of learning how to properly fight against that as as part of one of the things in my life. 
uh, but it's it's a daily battle. It's a daily life. And that's and that's with the anxiety. And a lot of people obviously struggle with anxiety. And when you do that, that leads to our next topic is peace. Yeah. So which is the opposite? It's the exact opposite. Right. It is the antidote for anxiety is peace. And Jesus says, um, "Come to me, all you who are weary." Mm-hmm. And I've heard like Sean McKeon teach that, and he says, "When you look up that word weary, it's like stressed." Yeah. Like, come to me, all you who are stressed and burned out, basically. Yeah. Um, my my yoke is easy. I'm going to teach you, and my and his and his burdens are light. Um, and he says he and it goes on to say he will give you peace and rest for your soul. Yes. Right. And and when you look up that verse, and, and when it talks about a yoke, um, he, this this is farm language. You know, when they're talking about the yoke, the yoke that goes around the the ox's neck. And, and when the baby ox comes alongside the, the, the big ox, they put it around its necks and, and it will teach him when to go and when to stop, to obey the commands. He will teach the baby ox how to walk, when to stop, when to go. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's like, take my yoke upon you. Like, right. like I'm, the, I'm, I'm your father. You're my son. You're going to be side by side because the Holy Spirit is to come alongside. Yes. And he's like, I'm going to teach you. The Holy Spirit is the teacher as well. Come along, Jesus, and he's going to teach you and he's going to walk with you and he's going to show you how to walk with him. He's going to be your teacher. And guess what? The, the, the big ox carries the weight of the yoke and not the little ox. The little ox doesn't carry the weight of the yoke. See, and that, the, here's the thing. And seeing that, it, you become unproductive, which anxiety, specifically anxiety itself, it's one of the many things that, that brings burdens, mm-hmm. and the, we bring all of our burdens to the Lord. And the heaviness. Exactly. And for a lot of down. people, anxiety can be that. And it's unproductive and it's a a perfect lie to keep you from actually doing anything productive because instead of with the yoke, instead of being productive and moving forward, you're actually sitting thinking, well, what if this happens or what if that happens or what if that happens? What if I don't know when to stop? Exactly. What if I don't know when to stop? What if I don't know when to go? What if I go too hard? What if I don't? You're actually, you're thinking about all the bad negative things. Mm -hmm. You're doing the pink elephant effect. Mm -hmm. And hearing you say it, it just makes so much sense because it literally is you're locked in with Jesus. Mm-hmm. The yoke is when you're locked in with Jesus. And that's what I was saying earlier. When you're locked in with Jesus, yeah. like you and him, you're going, that's when productivity actually starts. That's when you actually start hitting the core issue and all, all the surface level things. I want to add with fear because with anxiety comes fear. And that's yes. what you keep talking about is that fear. Yeah. And where's, where that one verse says, um, God doesn't give us this a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Yeah. So if you're in fear and you're in anxiety and you have all these things stressed out, all this stuff, this is not of God. Yeah. You may be a Christian right now and you're like, dude, I have so much fear. I have so much. Well, that is not of God because God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Yeah. That's from the enemy, Satan. Yeah. So you, you need to get your eyes on Jesus. And that's why we have the word of God. We've talked about this over and over. The Bible, I was here at your, your school of ministry, Zeal School of Ministry here in Florida teaching. And I was mm-hmm. telling your students that we have the word of God. It's, it's God's words. It's, it's the Holy Spirit has, has um, uh, come upon people and spoke through them. And they wrote, it was Holy Spirit inspired, written God's words. And when you read it, this is the truth. Because Satan is constantly trying to bring fear, stress, anxiety, and lies because he's the father of lies. So when you read the Bible, you're able to read what is true and paste that to what is in your mind. And that's how you know what is from God and what is not. But if you're not reading the Bible and you don't have a relationship with God and you're not hearing what the Holy Spirit says, all you're getting is, as, as Tom would say, the lie-fi yeah. from the father of lies. And you're just connected. And what's happening 
is you're crippled because you're an antenna. You're just picking up the signal from the father of life, Satan, and he's shooting those fiery darts into your mind constantly. And you have nothing to compare it with with truth. So therefore, you are crippled. You're constantly thinking of the things of the world, and you have anxiety and all the other things that come along with it. Yeah. And here's what I would say, and it's a, it's a great segue um, to think about anxiety is, first of all, there is an incredible amount of guilt and shame that you, if you have a really terrible struggle with anxiety, that you will feel daily and will get worse and worse if you don't, if you're not productive with Jesus about it. You'll think, I'm broken and I'm terrible. And then you'll start to believe other lies like God doesn't want me or I shouldn't go to God or I'll believe anything that keeps me from going to my Bible or getting on my knees and actually sitting and praying for a while or doing anything for self-care that we could talk about later. Mm. Like anything that keeps you from getting closer to God, you'll feel a lot of shame and guilt. And I would, I want to start before we talk about good nitty gritty stuff for it and the peace and the rest and stuff yeah. is like there's, there's a difference between habitually sinning, you know, where we're doing things that we're not supposed to be doing, and we know that, and sins that are a part of our life, things like, you know, pride and daily, you know, selfishness, anxiety being one of those things, um, you know, irritability, or there's there's kind of like, there's like a div different level of sin that you deal with when you get past major things in your life, you know, you get past major addictions, and sins and you become kind of this like like Paul said like I, I'm still living in a sinful body but there there's there's a line there's a difference mm -hmm. when you I want to talk about a lot of the hard work to get past the huge things like anxiety and, and for me it was from porn but feel I want I want there to be a comfort level to those that have anxiety mm -hmm. and you think you're broken you're shameful you're disgusting and you can't go to God and nothing can fix you and you're stuck. The number one lie that the, the devil uses with anxiety and for all things, I think, is isolation mm. and shame to make you think you're alone. And especially with anxiety, because it's a mental thing that you think you're going crazy mm. and you think nobody else knows what I'm going through. Mm. And that's a lie. That's a lie. No temptation is overseas, man, except what is common to mankind. There's other people that are out there. We know what you're going through. We know what it's like, even if it's a different situation for you. And God sees you and he knows exactly what it's like. Mm -hmm. So there's no loneliness. There's no shame. It's just you have to learn to submit your anxiety to God just like anything else, like pride or selfishness in, in your regular daily life. Let's unpack the sin again. Let's go back to what you were talking about. That's all good stuff. But let's talk about that, the sin, that, that people that make a practice of it versus sinning. Let's expand that a little bit more because yeah. this, this is a subject that needs to be explained more. Yes, I got you. So, so practice sinning basically means like you give your life to Christ. God is... You know now that you're walking with God. You know you shouldn't be watching porn. You know you shouldn't be doing drugs. You shouldn't be getting drunk. And you shouldn't be walking around with a, with a truck uh, truck driver's mouth or whatever, like cussing. And, and, and not, only, not, not just cussing, but like talking about nasty stuff. Yeah. Nasty jokes, filthy jokes. Or you slander, know? being a jerk. D dirty jokes or just being jerk. You know that you're not. You're supposed to be a Christian means you're Christ-like. Yeah. So practicing sin means you know what is right, but you continue to do what's wrong. Like, for instance, you know, when I was younger, I was like, okay, I'm trying to walk with God, but I'm going to Vegas this weekend. So I'm going to go get drunk. I'm going to go to some strip clubs. I'll go party it up. And then I'm going to be a Christian on Monday when I get back. Like, and then, oh, this next weekend, it's New Year's. All right, I'm going to go party it up. Ah, oh, dude. Like, but if you flip that around, mm -hmm. that's, it's, this is the spirit giving some, some good, like, words of knowledge for this. Yeah. 
practicing sin is knowing what's right and continuing to do what's wrong, but yes. being a Christian yes. is knowing what's wrong and continuing to do what's right. Yes. And that's where it's yeah. at. And yes. that's the clear difference. So that's that, how you can draw the line. So there you go. So now you got to analyze your life. Yes. So now Christian is like, well, going to Vegas, I'm a Christian. So therefore I'm not going to go get drunk and, and go to strip clubs and, and do drugs and, right. or whatever you, you know, whatever you do out there. Right. Um, but, and that, a good clarity with that too is like, like you're talking about going somewhere. Another word to bring in to help make this clarity that you that you're bringing up is temptation. Temptation mm-hmm. is where you get that thing that comes in front of your face, mm-hmm. and it's right in front of your face, or it's something that throws inside of your mind, or you kind of feel that anger and, and like you're tempted to go and do something, and you make the decision whether or not you're going to go there. Mm-hmm. That's you knowing this is wrong, but then what do you do with it? And once you make the step to do the wrong thing. That's when it becomes sin. Temptation is not a sin. Correct. The Bible talks about that. Yeah, James. It's actually, James. yes. Yeah. It's actually partaking in it. You will be tempted. Yes. Um, we live in a world. Let's just talk about temptation now since we're talking about sin. Yeah. Temptation, it's all over. I mean, I speaking of Vegas, I was out there for an event walking through, I don't know, one of those new hotels. It's like a city. I forget the name of it. It's like this little mini city. And literally, I haven't been to Vegas in a long time, and I was walking to this hotel. And this particular hotel, I felt my body, my body sex drive come alive in this in this hotel because everything was like sexual, like the the ads for like the perfume and the whatever you know this this bar or this restaurant, whatever. Everything was so central there that I remember walking through there, and I'm like. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. And because it's, you're going to, my point is you're going to be tempted. You're going to be on, you know, I, I've, I've said this story before. I was, I was, uh, trying to watch this, uh, this, I was trying to find a trailer for this commercial, this T, this Christian TV show. And my wife and my mother-in-law was there and my kids were in the room and I was uh, sitting at our bar in, uh, the, the, the kitchen bar on my laptop and I Googled it and it popped up in a, in a Facebook, um, uh, link and I watched the trailer for this Christian TV show. And then right after that soft porn came on, it was an ad to soft porn. And I stopped it and I told my wife, my mother-in-law, dude, look at this. I'm trying, I'm watching a Christian thing, a Christian TV show trailer, yeah. and then soft porn pops up. Yeah. Now, if you have an issue with porn immediately, you're going to be tempted Yes. and you're going to be tempted not only to watch that, and that, if you do watch that, that could trigger your body appetite to now want you to want to maybe leave the room and go watch something else in another room when no one's around. For That's sure. the triple X stuff. For sure, yeah. So my question is, you're going to be tempted, but the Holy Spirit immediately goes, stop sign, boom. Yes. So therefore, I don't click on it and activate that because I know my problem with porn. Like, yes. I know I've had a problem with porn, and I don't want to go back there because it's, it's brutal. This is why the Bible says another perfect subject example is anger, and the Bible doesn't say don't be angry. The Bible talks about God being angry all the time. Being angry is not a sin, but the Bible says in your anger, do not sin. Or just the simple fact that Jesus himself was tempted. Mm-hmm. 40 days in the desert was a gnarly experience of his temptation, but it said the devil left him until a more opportune time. So he went back um, at other times that we aren't recorded for us and went through that. But then the New Testament tells us later on that he was tempted, and it says he was tempted just like we are, yet without sin. Mm-hmm. And so the difference is that obedience. And that's the same thing with anxiety, that there's verses— that talk about anxiety like other verses that talk about other subjects. A classic one is Philippians 4 where it says, don't be anxious, mm-hmm. but it tells you what to do. Submit your request to God 
and the peace which transcends understanding will, will, will be with you from Jesus. That's the difference between giving into the anxiety and walking down that or being obedient and doing something with it. Like, what am I going to do about it? And it's just like anger. It's like, um, or just like being tempted, you know, with something sexual. It's like, okay, this thought comes into my head and I know right away if I give into this and I start letting myself think like this, I'm going to go down a sketchy path and I'm going to start going crazy. Yeah. But you can make a decision. And that's, that's another huge lie that I'm so glad I thought of it. One of the biggest lies I struggled with as well that other people with will struggle with is that you don't have control over your mind, especially for anxiety. Mm. And it's so biblically clear mm. that the Bible says God designed us with control of our mind to mm. take thoughts captive, captive and to set our mind on things above and not yep. things below. And if later in Philippians 4, think about things that are true and noble and praiseworthy and mm. so on and so forth. So there's a control, there's a will for whosoever believe. Mm -hmm. So we have to we have to believe I have control, I can make an obedient decision with whatever it is, mm -hmm. and then f that decision has to be in alignment with Christ. And that's the only way that you can start getting away from it. Say that in, uh, anxiety verse again. Philippians 4. Say it again. Don't be anxious about mm -hmm. anything, but by prayer and petition, submit your request to God, mm -hmm. and then the peace which trans transcends understanding will guard your hearts and your minds is let's, what it says. Let's throw that into practical application. So maybe you're here listening and you're praying about something. Right. Like a job, a wife, a husband. Um, what are some other things you pray about? Um, you know, getting rid of addiction, porn, right, yep, whatever. Sure. Things that you need God to show up in your life and you have anxiety and you're stressing out because you need to get an answer from God. You're looking for direction to go somewhere. You're, you know, you're, you need God's, help help yeah or you situation. could just pray i don't and that could like... bring anxiety yeah that could bring anxiety for someone like... with anxiety most of the time the prayer is i don't want to go crazy today like help me with my mind yes help me control my mind so when you pray you got you got to give it to god and trust that he's going to speak to you and he's going to do the work in his timing yes so don't it just you got to understand like that verse right there just give it to god pray talk to god and then wait and allow him to do the work you know, there's some people that are trying to, that, that are dealing with bad relationships and, or bad marriages or, or, you know, addiction or porn, whatever it is. And as you're praying and you're, and you're, you're bringing your mind captive, you have your mind on the word of God, you're pursuing a relationship with them in time, he's going to do the work. And he's, sometimes he's taking you, it's going to take you a little bit longer because he's trying to teach you a lesson through this, through this trial. But then sometimes he's going to deliver you, but don't be anxious, just have your mind on Christ, stay in a relationship and give it to him and wait on him to change. Yeah. But as you're waiting, that means pursuing him. Yes. You're not, and you still have to do not something like, like Jesus, forgive me my sins, help me. And then you're like, well, nothing's really happening. He's not. Because, well, then you're not, then you're not locking in with the yoke. Then you're not moving. You don't know. Like, yeah. No you gotta, yeah. Be with Jesus. Yeah. Go alongside with him. He's not a genie. You know, we've talked about that before. You're like, Okay, I gave my life to Jesus. I rubbed the, the genie box. Jesus, um, help me with my life, and that's it. And then he does it. No, nah, but that, the verse doesn't even the say yoke. that, too. It, it gives you the guidance to do that. First of all, it says do it with thanksgiving. So that's yeah. perspective. Mm -hmm. So when, when you are submitting it like you're saying, it says do it with thanksgiving. So if you just think with a heart of gratitude or an attitude of gratitude, mm -hmm. that changes the way you process the struggle in general, mm -hmm. and it changes how you submit a request to God. And you're allowed to like a child. And then right after that, the subsequent verses are, Okay, now think about these things. Mm. It says think about things that are good. Mm. 
that are praiseworthy. If, yeah. any, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Have you seen anything in me? Paul said, I'm pretty sure right after that, anything you've seen in me, put into practice and do these things and think these things. So that's, again, that's the lie of the productivity. Like you have to do the work, first of all, to be obedient and submitted to God, which is hard mm-hmm. and takes humility. And then you still have to work your butt off mm-hmm. and you have to pursue Jesus. And that's where it's literally like, Start focusing on Jesus and start focusing on anything that comes from Jesus. Any good and perfect gift is from above. Anything that is the eight things that it lists, the good, the praiseworthy, the lovely, the admirable, the pure. Think about those things. And the beginning thought is just, and I could get um, more into it later, but like the beginning thought is literally think about anything like that and go and do anything like that. Just think things that are good things and do things that are good things. And you have to make yourself do it. Mm -hmm. And anything that you can do, and anything that you can think, and however you make yourself think, sticky notes, reminders on your phone, mm-hmm. go to the skate park, mm-hmm. go on the water. I mean, just make yourself pursue mm-hmm. Jesus and his goodness and the goodness of him in the world, all the way down to even the most simple things. So 100%, you nailed it. Um, recently, I've been, because I've been teaching um, Sunday mornings at my dad's church, and I was talking about obeying God, right? Because mm-hmm. he's in the, he's in the past, the present, the future. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows where you're at, where you, where you come from, your past. He knows where you're at now, currently, in your mind, in your heart, and he knows where he wants to get you, right? Yeah. And there's and I say that you know there's people that come to church on Sunday morning, and they just come to church on Sunday morning, and they just hear whatever message is there, they 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 read whatever Bible is taught that day, they 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 pray. They listen to some songs and then they go back about their normal life until next Sunday. And then I said, that how's there gonna ever be any transformation? I said, the whole keto relationship with God is you have to read, pray, and obey. Yeah. So if you read and pray on Sunday, but don't obey, who cares? There's no change in your life. And it's not just on Sunday. It's every day, 24-7. has to be. Read, pray, and obey. And that is when you're going to see the change. Because there might be people right now that are listening like, I read the Bible. Like, well, how many times a year? <laughs> or or uh, how Christmas many days? Christmas and Easter. Yeah. And I pray. Okay, cool. So, like, you pray. But the question at the end of the day, do you obey? And what did Jesus say? If you want to be my disciple or follower, yeah. you have to turn from your selfish ways, your body appetites, pick up your cross, and follow me. In Luke, it says daily. Every day. Read, pray, and obey daily. Every day. And it has to be every day. And it has to be every day for anything in life. Yeah. Because yeah, every day has enough. Be, okay, you're a skateboarder. Yeah. So you skate pretty much every day, yeah. unless you're too sore. Uh, everything I do every day is for skateboarding, even yeah. if I don't skate. Yeah. Cause it's I have a bum shoulder right now. I'm doing PT to get back to it. So it's I'm still, training. my mindset is still skating. It's training. How are you going to go? Uh, if I'm going to do evangelism and go teach without studying, going to Bible, going through Bible studies weekly, going through my devotions, praying, yeah. reading the Bible, you, you have nothing to give. You, you, you can't get up on the stage and, and deliver a message if you're not training yeah. and reading and praying. It's, it's, it's the whole thing. And that's, we're going to get into self care and yeah. uh, re- it basically reading, praying, and obeying and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I want to talk about the details of that. Talk about a lot of practical examples of how we how people can do that, especially in regards to anxiety, and then the, the fact that the Bible mm. talks about it, and it really becomes an everyday thing. And and um, another lie that comes with that too, and this comes with anything, is I mean, especially like 
drug and alcohol related stuff, you can go for a long time. And then since you're doing good for a long time, think, oh, I'm good. Yeah. And then slack. Yeah. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said every single day, mm-hmm. Daniel Henderson quoted it. My dad quotes it all the time. One of the greatest challenges of the Christian life is that it's so daily. But when it is so daily, um, the kind of classic quote I say to the school here is it's ironic how much work it takes to be at rest. Mm-hmm. But it's because you have to give your whole self up. You have to crucify your entire flesh. And that's what Paul said. I crucify everything. Yeah. Um, that is a huge lie that you're good. Yeah. Satan is come to steal, kill, and destroy, and he studies you. We have that story in Job. Jesus says, where you come? He's like, I've been going to and fro. I've been basically I've been cruising the earth, studying looking your for people, some, looking to take someone out. And I'm, like I'm, I'm studying them. I'm I'm considering, he's looking and analyzing how to get into your life. Yeah. And right where you think you're the strongest. You're the weakest. First Corinthians. And, and I'm going to talk to you about that after the break because I do have a story. When I thought I was good, I was single, ready to mingle. And, um, you know, I thought I haven't slept with a girl in five years and I'm good. And I met my wife. Not, I didn't sleep with her, by the way. But I was like, whoa, body appetites. Right. Sexual drive. Where did that come from? Right away. Because I didn't sleep with a girl for five years. I didn't have that. And then I was like, oh my gosh, where I thought I was strong, I am so weak. And yes. I was like, okay, cool. You know, and that's that can work with anything. You could think you're strong and then you can end up in a situation and be at a bar watching a band. For some reason, you're like, I'm strong and you have a weakness with alcohol and you didn't realize it. You thought you were strong because you haven't been around it and you get in that place. Next, you know, you're doing a bunch of shots and you're drunk and you end up who knows where doing who knows what. Yeah, you don't know. But check it out. Satan has come to steal, kill and destroy. He's studying you and he wants to take you out. And he's He's patient, too. Oh, yeah. He's chilling. And remember, Satan doesn't eat or sleep. So when you're eating and sleeping, he's awake plotting to kill, steal, and destroy. All right, check it out. Go to Ryan Reese official to my uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe and share to get all the past shows for the last seven years of awesome shows like this. Um, Go to thewhosoevers.com. Book us on a tour. We uh, bring the Great Commission. And we will be back in two minutes right after a break. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now back back to The Ryan Reese Show. All right. If you guys have joined us for the first half, I have uh, Jairus Hodge in studio. Um, You're out at Calvary Chapel, St. Pete, Florida. And we're here, we're actually uh, recording from this location. I'm currently here with the Zeal School of Ministry, which is an um, intense Bible school, ministry school that you created to teach um, about ministry, to teach them the word, to teach them about the Great Commission, and also video, audio, worship, the whole thing. It's, a, it's an amazing school. I get to come here every year. Um, tell them where to go online to, to, to look up the the Instagram or even to the website yeah. so people can um, get involved and, and come yeah. out and come for a session for a year. Yeah. Easy plug. It's $2,000 for a whole year. It's for young adults that are Christians, especially feel called to ministry, church ministry. It ends with a missions trip. All the details for it are at zealschool.com and zeal school is the tag for the social media. You can easily find us. And you live right here. There's, there's houses on campus. Yeah. I'm actually staying in one. It's amazing. Uh, and that price is cheaper than any other Bible school. I, I can't believe it's it's that cheap yeah. for what you get here. It's it's phenomenal. Um, I love being a part of it. And you have many different teaching pastors that come year around. And 
it's just it's it's awesome and i'll continue to keep coming we're doing an outreach in the city tonight down in st pete florida at a uh, it's like a club bar or restaurant or i don't know it's like it's a venue it's a concert yeah, venue. It's, a venue. it's a concert venue and we did it last year and we had tons of people and this year's gonna be even bigger skate park again and, this week too. and we have the skate contest yeah. we have a skate park contest so yeah if you want to get it done come out to hang out with the zeal boys and girls so before the show uh ended on this last segment we were talking we had four things that we were talking about at the beginning of the show, we we're talking about anxiety, which we cover, mm -hmm. the peace of God, and now we're going to get into self-care, which is a, a terminology about taking care of yourself, which is true because all the mental health yeah. going on, and we're going to get into the spiritual side of this self-care stuff and health, yes, and rest, yeah, which is all important and all part of uh, what God has called us to do. Before the break, though, we were talking about watching out for Satan because he prowls around like a roaring lion looking to whom he can devour. Yeah. And he doesn't eat, he doesn't sleep, and he has actually one-third of the angels that have fallen from heaven that are, that are at his command to still kill and destroy with him, that he assigns to people to destroy people's life through all different things, uh, works of the flesh. Um, now, I thought, we were talking about before the break that, you know, you've, you overcome porn, you overcome sex, you overcome these different things that God pulls you out of. And the biggest lie from the enemy is that you're strong and you got this. Right. So don't worry. You can't be taken out. It's been too long. It's been take six a day years. off, man. Seven years. Yeah, take the day off. See what happens. Right. Well, I just I thought I was very strong in the sex department and, and my, my sex drive because I didn't have sex or watch porn for five years up to this point, and I met my wife. And then when I met my wife, I was like, oh, my gosh. And the sex drive came alive. I did not sleep with her by any means. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm weak. Like, this is so gnarly. I thought I was like the strong guy. You know, I, I have overcome and I'm good. But then I met the girl of my dreams and all of a sudden the sex drive came alive. So then I realized how weak I really was and how Satan could very easily move in. So you got to be careful. You got to always watch your back because Satan's always looking for a way to take you out. We are weak is my point. We are strong in Christ. And if you keep your eyes on Christ and you read, pray, and obey daily, then you will have your spiritual armor on like it says in Ephesians, and you'll be able to resist the devil and you will be able to stand firm when the battle is over, what it says. But if you're not reading, praying, and obeying daily, you don't have a relationship with God, you will get taken out by the enemy. He will eat you up and spit you out. 100%. And it works like that. Logically, it makes sense, and you don't see it because it's so subtle. And this is, this is always the best way that the devil will get us down, is you imagine you're like, you know, five years or whatever it is, every day you are dying to yourself and you're just begging God I need you like every day is a wake up and like I just need I need you I want to do what you want I just want you everything is you and it saturates your entire life that's the real Christian the subtle thing that happens is at any moment you think okay I think I'm good and what just happened was you you went a subtle shift that brings you into destruction of instead of thinking about God and making him my strength. I'm good. I'm good. That's so you've become the God. Right. And it happens like that. Mm. And then immediately destruction. And that's why I think it's first Corinthians 10, 12, but it specifically says, Paul says, when you think you're standing firm, be careful that you think you're standing firm, lest you fall because the subtle shift goes from God's power and you get God's power. And it sounds like almost like a weird self selfish um, thing, but it's not. 
to say, I have the power of God in me, same power that raised Christ from the dead, but I only have it when I read, pray, and obey. So it's like I only have God's power when I am completely submitted to God. I only have it when I'm not of myself and I know my weakness and I, my, I'm in the constant acknowledgement of my weakness. Like I cannot do this. I have no clue what I'm doing. And only in that mindset, living in that mindset, do you actually get the power and crazy things happen. Speaking of the power, I've used this illustration before teaching. You have an iPhone, everyone. Now, every night when we go home, we have to plug in our phone so it charges. So in the next day, it stays charged all day and it operates and it does what it does. How good is an iPhone without power? Nothing. It's, it's, it's what? Like to, to hold paper down or something? I don't know. It's, it's useless, right? So we have to plug in to the power of God every day. And we plug in through a relationship, through the reading the word of God. Through the reading the word of God, you will see the power of the Holy Spirit manifest you will you will you will see more of the power of the holy spirit manifest in your life the more you're plugged in to to god and you plug in by reading now i went to a, i was going to a music festival one day on a saturday and i plugged my phone in all night i woke up in the morning and it i got in the car and it was on 10 percent. it was on red so my phone was plugged in but it wasn't charging it wasn't why fully connected because it wasn't fully connected right, yeah so when you're going to church and you're reading the Bible, you can't be distracted. You can't say, I'm going to read the Bible, but you're checking your text messages, you're checking your Instagram, you're doing your emails, you're, you're distracted, you're talking to people. You're not truly, you're plugged in, but you're not fully connected. Right. So you have to make sure that when you are trying to get plugged in to get the power from the Holy Spirit to work in your life, you need to be plugged in and fully connected. When I plug my phone in that night, I turn my phone off to like sleep or whatever it is. So I'm not distracted when I'm sleeping. I'm not distracted by anything in the same way. When you're plugged into reading the Bible, you need to turn this thing on sleep mode or whatever and, and not be distracted by anything else. Open the Bible and get plugged into the power of the word of God and the Holy spirit will manifest. Yeah. With anxiety in my life, uh, I learned the lesson of the daily fight because it was just like anything else. It's just, well, no, it's not like anything else. Um, but it's just like the daily fight. Like you see the daily fight in it because there was a lot of things that I learned that come from the Bible, but, um, other people are even doing self care routines, things that help take care of yourself, body, mind, and soul to help keep me healthy in my body, mind, and soul, which is all biblical that I knew, but also have seen through scripture. And I've seen consistently anytime that I slack on that is when I get weaker again in my mind and in anxiety. And it only takes one day, one moment, one wrong th opportunity for me to, to not be obedient, mm -hmm. to like ruin everything. And it's like that with anything. It only takes one, one little moment to ruin everything in your life. And it's been consistently like that. Like if I'm not doing the things that I know, that God has helped to reveal to me for my own health, I'll have a mental breakdown. Mm. And that, that that's it's consistent. Yeah. I'll have the, the classic like screaming and crying because I can't even think straight and just my wife has to hold me. Mm. Even last night, dude, like there's there's right now in my life, I'm thinking like of of the balance. I'm just every day thinking of the balance because last night I got in bed and I just started crying. Like I didn't, I just told the students this morning, but like I haven't told anybody, but I, I started crying and I just felt these like emotions come up and I'm like, I'm like, I got work I got to do with God mm -hmm. and some other things that are godly to help me. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm thinking the same thing today. Like I got to get back in this because mm -hmm. it builds up on you. And mm -hmm. if you're not at it every single day, it doesn't work. It has to be every day. 
So, okay, so we're talking about reading, praying, obeying. What about, uh, what about, what else? Like physical. I think physical, yeah. physical is a big thing, even for me. Um, I mean, I feel like, like God created us. Like he told Adam and, you know, they take care of the garden. Like he's walking around, he's checking things out. He's doing his thing. He's active. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. He's in the garden. Okay. He's not just like posted up, you know, by the river hanging out. Right. He's, no. he's, he's, he's supposed to name all the animals. So you got to get around the garden. To, to he had name. jobs. He had work. Yeah. He's getting it done. Right. And then when the curse came, then they were, they were made to till the ground. Like when you're farming, you're, when you're doing yard work, I have this little mini farm in my backyard. <laughs> you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get it done. And then I gotta go around the yard and do all the, the, the yard, you know, some of the yard work. I don't do it all, but you gotta be active. You gotta be, you're, you're working. You gotta be breaking a sweat and it feels good to do that. Yeah. And now we're in a, we're in a culture now that, you know, you could just sit in front of your computer all day Yeah. or sit on the iPhone or do whatever you do. And you don't yeah. get any exercise. You don't do anything. Thank God though. You know, with, with skateboarding, we, you know, I use skateboarding or surfing or, you know, stuff like that. You get out, you're skateboarding, you're exerting energy, you're sweating, which is good because it detoxes your body to sweat and your muscles are working out. Plus you got weights and whatever, but you're, you're, that helps with stress. Oh my goodness. I, I was watching like, um, cause I wa I follow some of these guys on Instagram. They're just like, they're like uh, financial advisors or whatever. And one of the guys was like, Hey. If you're stressed out and you got all this stuff going on, you're doing some big business deals, don't make, and you're all emotional, don't make some big decision. Yeah. It says, go out, go on a run, go on a walk, do something, work out, break sweat. He yeah. said, break sweat and then eat and then come back and refocus. Because all that, that, that emotional decision being all wound up and just all, and a lot of people just go through stress every single day, not breaking sweat. And it's just, they're just wound up. And then mentally, physically, their body's not doing good. You're eating bad. Eating trash. All, yeah. yeah, eating trash. You know the old saying, garbage in, garbage out. 100%. I mean, that's that's visual, what you're listening to. Garbage in, garbage out. What you're watching, garbage in, garbage out. What you're eating, garbage in, garbage out. And then on top of it, if you're not breaking sweat, you're not exercising, you're not doing your body. The Bible says your body's the temple. Yeah. So yeah. okay, let's just go biblical here again. Dude, I got it all. I mean, it's, it's, it's so the biblical. The body is a temple. So what are you putting into the temple? Yep. And the temple holds the Holy Spirit, right? Because mm -hmm. God, when you believe in Jesus Christ, he gives you the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And he's, he's there. He's watching what you're seeing. He's hearing what you're seeing. And he's inside of you. So what are you putting in? And if your body, your temple starts falling apart, it's no rocket science. People with bad health, not saying people that are born with like bad health. Like, yeah, that's for sure. unfortunate, for right? Sure. You know, someone's born with cancer or whatever. But people that are healthy, yeah, you don't, you don't take care of your body, then you see disease or your leg goes out, you don't stretch or whatever it is, then you're not able to do everything that God has, you know, possibly called. Same you. thing, like you quote all the time when when Jesus said, "The eyes are light to the body." Yeah, same thing. You know, like what you see, um, what you take in. But the Bible makes a connection between the mind, body, and spirit. Mm. And you, there's a lot of things in culture right now, and this is, I'll speak into American culture especially, mm. there is so much good information on health, physically and mentally, mm -hmm. and even things that are, that are spiritual. Yep. And there are pieces of truth in a lot of the, the cultural information out there mm. because everything that is from God is true and good and everything that is true and good is from God. Mm. So like you there might be some spirit person talking about meditation. Mm. They're on to something. Yeah. Like someone tells you to go work out, 
because you're stressed, you're onto something. Like the endorphins and the way biology works, like you're onto something. Why? Not because they have everything else figured out. They got a couple of pieces figured out because they're picking the truths that are from yeah. God, mm -hmm. and all of that's in the Bible. Dude, in the New Testament, Paul's like, Timothy, drink some wine, and it's like the alcohol thing, but mm -hmm. the reason he did it was so that he'd be healthy. Mm -hmm. He's like, take this as medicine. Mm -hmm. John said in the end of one of his letters, I'm praying for good health mm -hmm. for you guys. Mm -hmm. Paul said the physical training is of some value. Spiritual training is just more important. And the reason is because spiritual training affects your physical and emotional training. Mm -hmm. And then in the Old Testament, dude, like the Psalms, like how much, how much in the Psalms does it connect mm -hmm. the spiritual and the physical? Laughter doeth good like a medicine. Mm -hmm. And like mm -hmm. what, what rots the bones or what brings life to the bones. The joy of God is life to the bones. So there is a direct connection between the physical and the emotional and the spiritual, the body and the mind and the spirit are all connected. And God taught me, especially from anxiety, mm -hmm. that's very mental. Mm -hmm. My job is very spiritual because I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the regular physical life. So God taught me, like, if you're going to if you're gonna be healthy, you need to be healthy in all three of those. You have to take each department, my mm -hmm. physical life, my mental or emotional life. Mm -hmm. I usually split those, mental and emotional. Mm -hmm. Um I know that's it. Yeah. Body, yeah. mind, and spirit. No, that, that's amazing. And even like with the whole, uh, the meditation, you know, some people say to meditate, right? Well, the Bible says meditate on the laws of the Lord day and night. Exactly. So meditate again, that goes back to being plugged into the power. Yeah. Meditate on what is good, what God says about you. And that helps with from the his word. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with this whole like, um, mental health issue is that, you know, that whole garbage in garbage out the eye, the light is the eye to the the eye is a light to the body. Mm -hmm. What you see, garbage in, garbage out. When you think about what we're watching now and what people are, are literally putting into their mind and their ears, then you wonder why people are so mentally jacked up. I mean, they're listening to garbage all day, all night. All day. And, and you know, back to the to the eye is a light to the body, garbage in, garbage out. You know, when when uh, Jesus was talking about this, you know, he addressed pornography back then. Yeah. So the eye, remember, remember, he addressed pornography in that one verse when he says, if your eye causes you sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter heaven with one eye and one hand better than uh, better to go to hell. So yeah. and he's, if you addressing, think about a woman, he's addressing porn. Yeah. Like what you're watching, your eyes and your hand. That's the porn verse right there. So yeah. he addressed this a long time ago. Yeah. And remember porn, it, it's on screens and it was on paper in the 80s and all that. Guys, they had the Ashraf back in the Old Testament. That was the god of fertility. They used to, it was like a, it was like a, she used to have her breast out. And this was a porn statue that they used to watch and they would have orgies in, uh, in, in even in the King um, um, Manasseh's days, they would have orgies in the temple and that's how they would worship Ashraf. And then when they were done having these babies with these random people, they would uh, they would go worship the God of Molech and they would cast the babies in the fire and burn them up. That's the abortion. So everything, Jesus addressed all this stuff back then that we, way back then, and we could still apply these lessons to us right now. But this is what's causing all the mental 100%. Garbage in, garbage out. And Your mind's going crazy, basically. Yes. You, I mean, you've been the trailblazer for this already for years just with the, the epidemics of all the mental health stuff mm -hmm. that we have been traveling mm -hmm. um, for years dealing with this with kids and then I've been dealing with for, for the last five years as a youth pastor. I've been talking about this Same stuff for like 15 thing. years. Exactly. I remember pastors would look at me and they'd be like, he said porn or you know, stuff I'm talking about, suicide, depression, cutting, and people were like, what? Yeah. I'm like, guys. And then, and then, then like pastor's daughters, I'd be on tour and a pastor's daughter would pull me aside and be like, 
hey, look it, I have cuts. Yes. And I'm like, these guys were like looking at me like I was crazy for talking about it on stage. But meanwhile, their daughter's cutting. Yes, hundred percent. It's and, and but you've, now, you've but already, now it's mainstream. Exactly. It's come out, which is which is good. It brings yeah. light to it. Yeah. You've already you've already trailblazed so much that the Kill the Noise tour came about because there was the principle that yeah. you guys brought. You have to kill the noise, and that was the foundation, just the foundation of so much information. If you like, if you think about what you watch or listen to from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, almost every second of the day is going to be listening to or watching something. And that is taking in information from an outside source or just conversations, Mm -hmm. just the amount of information to process a a kid today takes more in in one day than 80 years ago, a Mm -hmm. kid took in in a whole year, just that alone develops anxiety because you cannot process all the stuff so automatically that you start that's the mental like you take the mental you start thinking well what can i do to balance out my life mentally Mm -hmm. and what else can i do to strengthen my mentality like how how i think like i mean literally like word puzzles Mm -hmm. killing the noise but then what can i do that like helps you know playing playing good word games reading is a huge thing yeah doing things that that make your mind work productively Even things that like are out and about. I mean, if you do something like building or fishing or hunting, you have to process yeah. mentally and not just sit and veg on something. And then there's the emotional. Like there, there's most of what we're watching and seeing is emotional stuff. So then we're all tripped up emotionally because yeah. there's so much going on. So you have to think, what can I do to balance the the intake and the processing of emotions in my life? And what can I do not just to cut things out, but also to add things in? Mm. Sometimes I watch particular movies which i don't watch a whole lot so that's why therapy for me sometimes i'll watch a particular movie that i know will be sad or um active or like action and it will be very relatable for me sometimes i'll i'll read something like that or sometimes i'll talk to someone like that things that i'll add into my life to help my emotions and then the the body connects both of those Mm -hmm. because and it's biblical because things that you do physically to train yourself to be just healthy overall, the eating, the exercise, mm-hmm. and all kinds of self-care things that are out there. Dude, if it's not like satanic, if it's not some kind of sketchy cult stuff, if it's just basic good mm-hmm. things to bring you health physically, any kind of workout-related stuff or food-related stuff, that affects the mind and the body. And all three of those are affected from the spirit. Mm-hmm. And if your spirit is the most important, like Paul said and like Jesus said, then literally some of the most creative things that I've gotten to help add as routines in my life that I have to do daily, because mm-hmm. if I don't, I'm shot down, mm-hmm. come from my Devo time with God where I'm processing through my life and I'm thinking, all right, how's my body? How's my mind? How's my emotions? Because God taught me spiritually the most important because we're spirit beings. Mm-hmm. You have to balance all these things and you have to start with me so I can filter into all those things and I will teach you what's best for you for your life and that's what gives me the most health all around in my life. As I'm listening to this, I'm just thinking... People, which we, we've already done because we've kind of, we've, we've learned, not learned the perfect balance, but we've learned how we have to prioritize our life yeah. to get that. We know that we need everything. We We're know like, the principle. We know. Yeah. We need the food. We need the exercise. We need to work hard. And, you know, we know the relationship. We know the time with God. Like, we know what we have to read the Bible. So we have those, we have that map of what needs to be done. And then... As humans, we're flawed, so we're constantly trying to do the balance, right. you know, to make it happen. But and that's we, the game. Yes, but we know what needs to be done. And I've talked to so many older men and pastors and, and success, successful people, and fathers and everyone. And I'm like, dude, what's the formula? They're like, you just keep, 
refocusing, keep refocusing. You That's never it. have it figured out. That's it. It's different seasons, different times, different things are happening. And you just keep, you know what you got to do. And you just keep trying to get the balance. You'll never have it figured out. So don't look at people and be like, that guy has it all figured out. Look at him. No, he's... He's moving, he's shaking and baking. You know what I mean? So he's, he's trying to get it done, right? But that's that's um, the most important thing. It's faithfulness over perfection. It has to be that. But what happens is, the what we have to do as people that are listening and ourselves is you have to look at your life and you got to figure out what you, just look at, it's the balance. That's what this show's about. It's yeah. the balance. Look at your life. It's very easy. You know what? Actually, I'm going to use this example. I was talking to my dad. When he went to seminary, um, the professor told him, hey, Every 10, every 10 minutes, write down what you're doing for a whole day. And, and then that will show you where your priority, where your priorities are. Mm. I mean, you could actually look at your phone. That's it, a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> look at your phone. If you could start right here, look at your phone and just your phone will show you how much time you have in your notes, your emails, social media. It just breaks it all down. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, most of my, my time is on my notes because that's where I do all my, my – that's my work list. Right. But it shows. I, I have an hour a day of social media. So I always – I like to, you know, watch skate videos and funny stuff like towards the, towards the evening. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, that will show you, you know, your social media could be like five hours. You know, sometimes, it'll, it'll, sometimes it'll actually more. Even, yeah. yeah, more. Yeah. It, but it, but it also it can show you um, your screen time. Yeah. How much you're actually on this screen. And we know screen time is not good. Yeah. But the average of screen time is ele- uh, nine to 11 hours a day. Sitting Which in front shout of- out to the podcast. I forget the guy's name where he really went into a lot of that stuff. Oh, um, Brent Kunkel. Yes. Brent go, Kunkel go, is, go watch that is, podcast. It's yeah. it, the whole thing is, is he, very I need to helpful get him back on the that. show. I've been thinking about him. He does yeah. some awesome. I've had him on. His name is Brent Kunkel. He's on my show. You can, a lot of you good can, resources. That's good You can look him up as well. Yeah. But with all that, if you do that, that's where the peace of God will come. Yeah. And it's it's a constant fight. You got to fight. It's not just going to come easy. You got to fight. Well, Paul says, I, I discipline myself. I train so I will not be disqualified. Yeah. He says he's not just shadow box. He's not doing this as a shadow box. Right. He's literally training. Actually doing it. 100%. He's training. And it comes down to training. And if you want to be a disciple of Jesus or a follower, you have to train a disciple as a student. Yeah. So a student, what does a student do? He studies, he studies, he learns and he does. Yes. And he keeps that process over and over, which is a huge point. That's encouraging. Like if you're, if you're trying to get healthy in any, in any way, you have to start with Jesus. The spiritual is the most important. Everything flows from there. But the point you made is so helpful and encouraging Mm -hmm. that the game is not to get perfect. Mm -hmm. The game is not to be perfect. The game is I'm always refocusing on Jesus and I'm always trying to rebalance my life and I'm always going to keep asking him how to do that and I'm going to wake up and do that every day. And that's it. That's the game. Once once you know you're doing that, you can have a clear conscience because you're still going to mess up and there's still going to be mistakes, but that's part of the game. It's yeah. you, you roll with that process and we do that till we're dead. It's just a full send. Exactly. Well, we have one minute left, so that's perfect timing. The show was awesome. Um, make sure you guys go to the YouTube channel, Ryan Reese Official. Subscribe share, get all the past shows. You have several shows on my, my, my radio show, so you can find those with Jairus. They're all awesome. Um, go to thewhosoevers.com. Uh, we book tours. We well, travel. He's an ambassador of the Whosoevers. We tour the, we tour the globe, basically, and uh, bring the gospel. So book us for that. Book us to come out and speak at your church. Um, go to the Zeal School Ministry. It's here in, in St. Pete, Florida. It's an awesome opportunity if you have 
uh, a year, eight months or a year? It's a year. A, a year to kill the noise and find out who you are in Christ and God will use you. You will leave here on fire for Christ and be ready to take the world by storm for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you'll encourage your faith and you will find out what God has for you. So go to the website. Zealschool.com. Go there. They're on Instagram and all that good stuff. Uh, click, call them, subscribe. It's a small group of uh, students. It's not a big thing. It's uh, they take up to 12, like Jesus and the disciples. So it's awesome. It's an intense in-person deal. So I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, that's it. This has been the Ryan Reese show to connect and find out more about Ryan. Click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show.